Welcome back. Today I'm going to talk about PAs and Medicare. So this is an episode that I have been waiting to record for quite some time. I want to say literally since I became a physician assistant. For those who don't know, PAs cannot bill Medicare, or at least that was the case until recently. If you're not aware, back in December of 2000, there was a bill passed by the president, the Coronavirus Relief Package, and within this bill, there was a little, I think it was just a one-page note that said that PAs will now be able to receive direct payment under Medicare. And if you were not aware, PAs have never been able to bill Medicare. This is something that has kept us kind of uh, in a certain position where we, we practice somewhat autonomously, but not completely independently. Now, just a little background on again. It was the AAPA who, uh, who had pushed this forward into Congress, and it was uh, introduced and signed by the president in December of 2020. The bill took effect on January 1st of this year, 2022, and as of the first week of April, I now am a Medicare PA. I received my number, and again, it's a very exciting time for me. This is, uh, as a PA for the last few decades, I have been practicing independently where I do my own billing. But unfortunately, when it comes to Medicare, I can't bill Medicare. It's just the federal law stated that. And I had to go sort of a, a roundabout way of getting reimbursed, which typically involved the physician that I was assisting, billing out my services, they would collect and in turn uh, cut me a check and then have to 1099 me later. Well, that's all in the past now. So that's, that's why I'm talking about this. It may not seem like a big deal, and you may not even be aware of this, but I'll, I'll talk more about why this is so important. Everything in medicine when it comes to billing revolves around Medicare. Fees are structured based upon what Medicare sets as payments. But as a PA, we have been limited in terms of how you know, we could practice uh, independently because we cannot bill Medicare. You, as a PA, you can bill other insurance companies such as Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, United Health, and many others. And depending upon the state, they will pay you directly. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a hassle, but after you've gotten into their system, it's not really so bad, and they'll pay fairly regularly. But Medicare, because again, federal law states we can't, that's always been a bane, at least for some people like myself who bill independently. So why is this important or how does it really affect you as a PA? Well, because of the Medicare bill, some states like Utah introduced new legislation about how PAs practice in that state. Utah actually introduced their legislation last year, 2021, that now states that PAs no longer have to practice under a supervising physician. Yeah, in order to get their independent status, they do need to practice for uh, X number of hours. I believe it's 4,000 hours that they do have to accrue working directly under a physician. But if you think about 4,000 hours, this is roughly about three to four years working with a doctor directly. If you think about a doctor graduating medical school, doctor graduates and goes on to a residency, which is typically anywhere from about four to six years. Some of the others like neurosurgery, eight years or even a little bit more. So it's not a lot unlike what doctors do. I mean, certainly you graduate PA school, you're not going <clears> to <throat> day one go out and start practicing independently. 
you're going to need that time working alongside a physician to get, get your confidence up to know, you know, ex, you know, get comfortable seeing your patients, know things that you need to refer out, know who to talk to when you run into something you're not aware of. But this is going to change how PAs practice going forward. And why I bring this up is it's really going to impact those of you who are now pursuing the career. As I said, it was the state of Utah that passed this law, but we anticipate there will be other states, and quite frankly, I would expect every state, to be honest, to pass similar legislation. So what does this really mean for a future PA? What it really means is greater negotiating power. And let me try to explain that. So right now, if I say if I went in and asked my doctor for a raise, the doctor either say yes or no, but the doctor said, no, I really don't have much leverage or not much to you know, in, incentivize them to pay me more. But now, now that I have my Medicare license and hopefully soon uh, where I'm practicing, I'm expecting them to pass similar legislation. If I can go out and practice independently, now I can go and ask my doctor for a raise and the conversation will probably be something like this. I'd ask the doctor for a raise and just tell him, before you give me that answer, just remember, there's an office right down the hallway that's empty. And right now I'm thinking of renting that out and starting my own practice. And you know all the patients that come to me that like to see me specifically? Yeah, they're probably going to go with me too. In the last four years that you spent training me, hey, thanks a lot, by the way, I appreciate that. Now you're going to have to do that all over again with somebody else. Or you can pay me more. And realistically, that's probably going to be a very short conversation because the doctor is going to realize before you get to that final moment that they're kind of in a rock and a hard place situation. They could let you go, but yes, they're going to have to hire someone else that they will have to spend the same time all over again training, or they can just pay you more. Now, if you don't know how reimbursements work, Medicare does not reimburse differently when a PA sees a patient versus the doctor. Likewise, the insurance companies are the same, like again, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, United Health. If the PA is seeing the patient, it's the same rate as when the doctor is seeing the patient. What I'm trying to get at as well is when it comes to your salary, what you should be making, I see PAs in the future making the same amount as what the doctor's making. I mean, think about if you're seeing 30, 40 patients a day, why should you be paid less? I've heard the argument, well, the doctors go through longer training. Well, okay, I understand that, but that doesn't mean that they should earn more money when I'm seeing the same workload. I see 30 patients a day, the doctor sees 30 a day. I don't prescribe different medications. I don't look at a chest x-ray differently. I don't do an exam differently. I don't listen to the heart or lungs differently, check motor strength or do a neurological exam any differently than the doctor does. Uh, I may write my notes a little bit differently. My doctor tends to write very, very short notes, which tend to be a problem, but that's a different story. But honestly, when it comes down to it, the treatment that we provide, the way we do our work, it's exactly the same, and the reimbursement is the same. So why should you accept less pay? Now, this is probably not something you're going to go out and do tomorrow. I probably wouldn't walk into a doctor's office right now. This is going to be something that's going to build over time. As I said... To the best of my knowledge right now, it is only Utah that allows this, but I do suspect that this is going to be like the dominoes falling. You're going to see other states lining up, passing similar legislation, and then they'll all do it until 
every state has similar legislation. But this doesn't mean that you have to just limit it to negotiating for a higher salary. You could, in fact, start your own practice. Again, this is assuming that other states will fall in line and uh, allow PAs to practice independently. So if it was your goal or your desire to go out and practice more independently, maybe you want to go back to a hometown where you grew up in and there was little access to health care, or you just want to practice somewhere specifically, or maybe cater to a certain uh group of patients you might or you should have that ability going forward but you could even think bigger maybe you want to open up a group with your fellow classmates or some other pas you've met as you've been out practicing maybe you just want to have a pa run practice or beyond that maybe you want to have a group just like the doctors you could go out purchase a building or go in on it with a group of the pas everybody invests buy the building, and set it up for a practice just like the doctors do. So bottom floor, you've got your pharmacy and laboratory. Uh, Second floor, you could have physical therapy and maybe x-ray. The top floors would be, of course, the provider offices. Of course, your your office is the very top floor. Uh, But seriously, you could go in with a group of other PAs or and start up a group practice, contract with the insurance companies. You know, in a sense, you're, you're out there competing with the physicians. And this truly has been the fear from probably the onset of the PA profession. It has taken a long time. And quite honestly, I think that the, the bill that was passed in December, I think it was when it was done, it was the end of the year. It was a huge bill. I, I don't remember how many papers were in that bill, but... There were a lot of things, and of course, none of it had really anything specifically to do with healthcare, but somebody managed to get that piece of paper in, and it was signed, and it's done, it's over. I mean, doctors and nurse practitioners have been fearing this day for forever, simply because of the competition that it now presents to them. You know, there have been many articles that have been written from doctors and the AMA saying how this is not right, and PA should not be out there practicing, but... It's a little hypocritical when they when they don't mind you working in their office seeing their patients. They just don't want you out there working on your own seeing their patients. It's a really exciting time. And I think for those of you who are thinking about applying this cycle, or maybe even in a cycle or two from now, this is really changing the career or the profession of the PA as we know it. And you're going to see actual PAs running their own practices. Whether that's what you want to do or not, I mean, I've had students tell me they, they still want to work in a practice where they're working with a supervising physician. Of course, that's fine. This does not mean you will have to work independently. It's just that now you have that option. And again, it gives you leverage to negotiate for a better salary at some point in time, as well as giving you other options if you're more of an entrepreneurial type person. If you are in this cycle, when it comes time for interviews, which I realize are a few months away right now, but when the interview time comes up, quite often they'll ask questions such as, where do you see yourself in 10 years or 15 years or even 20 years? Typical answers will be, students will say how they see themselves practicing. Apart from that, it's just, you know, maybe they're going to own a home or start a, have started a family. And that's not the response that the schools are looking for. I mean, that's nice that you want to have family and own a home. You should. But when they're asking you about where do you see yourself 10, 15, 20 years, they're, they're looking as far as a professional. And 
with this change in Medicare, you could talk about that. Certainly, you, there's the possibility of going beyond working in a practice with another physician. You could go on and to open your own practice, or even, as I said before, opening a practice with other PAs. Additionally, they'll often ask questions about the difference between a nurse practitioner and a PA. And typically, students will answer about how there's the medical model versus the nursing model. But really, with this new information, you should see that the difference between NP and PA is getting smaller and smaller. I mean, right now, with the law that has passed and enacted in January of this year, PAs can bill Medicare, and some states have adopted new legislation. So as I've been saying all along, I expect to see more and more states do this which ultimately will mean there really is no difference between an NP and PA. So these are answers that you should be thinking about for later this year when you're at an interview and you get asked things like this. I hope this was helpful. If you're thinking about becoming a PA or you're interested in the PA profession, you want a little more information about what, what it takes to be a competitive candidate, just go to our website, pamentoronline.com. Sign up for a free consultation. We'll set you up for a uh, meeting with one of our physician assistants who can talk to you about the services we provide, how to make you a competitive candidate. Otherwise, if you have uh, thoughts about what you would like us to discuss in future episodes, feel free to send us an email or leave us a note on Instagram or Facebook to let us know what you're interested in hearing about. Thanks again for listening.